Well, good evening and welcome. Great to be able to gather together this evening, and it's good to see you folks here as well. For those who are joining us on Zoom, welcome as well. And if you're here for the first time this evening, we especially welcome you. We welcome again Pastor Joshua Stone with us this evening, and it's good to see the family with you as well tonight. We haven't seen those young ones and your wife for a while. Glad to be able to be here this evening. If you do have your Bibles, please open them to Colossians. That's Colossians chapter 3, and we'll be reading the first 17 verses. That's Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Colossians 3 and 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Jew, no, sorry, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's just go before the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father, we come before you as thankful people. Lord, as we have read through this section in in Colossians, we are reminded who we were once outside of you. Lord, children of darkness, walking in death, full of the pleasures of the world, the flesh, and the devil. But, O Lord, into that darkness your light shone. We saw the glory and the wonder of what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. 
O Lord, and being born again into newness of life, having our sins forgiven, being reconciled to you, being united in Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, we see the new life that is ours in Christ. O Lord, in the power of your Spirit, help us that we may walk in it. Lord, strengthen us, for in our own power we cannot do it. We fall and we fail, but Lord, when we fail, cleanse us, renew us. Indeed, we know that you will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, help us to walk in your word. Help us to walk in your way. Lord, we have gathered here this evening and we are thankful. Thankful to know that when we pray, we can boldly come into your presence because of what Christ has done In our place condemned, he stood, our sin upon his shoulders, our sin forgiven, Christ's righteousness clothing us. O Lord, may we boldly enter in, for that veil has been torn. We may call you Father and bring our praises, our requests, our fears, our joys, our sadness, all before you, casting them at your feet. Lord, we thank you that you say to us that our prayers are sweet-smelling incense before your throne. Lord, each one of us comes with many troubles and trials that eat away at our minds and hearts. Oh, Lord, help us to cast them before you, giving them over to you. You know all these things better than we know ourselves. But, Lord, you delight when we bring them before you and cast them at your feet. Lord, when we admit that we in our own power cannot do it, we are powerless, but you are all powerful. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the sovereign Lord of all creation, and nothing is impossible for you, O Lord. And so, Lord, we cry out to you for help, even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. O Lord, that we may fear no evil, for we know that the good shepherd is with us and will not leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we think of those that are not with us this evening because of sickness. O Lord, comfort them where they are. By your Holy Spirit, powerfully bring your word that they know into their hearts and minds that they may meditate upon it. O Lord, strengthen them by your word. May they feel afresh the power of your word, for your word is true. You are the one that cannot lie. Therefore, we lean upon your promises knowing that they are true. Lord, they give us light even in the darkest of places. Oh, Lord, may they reflect on what Christ has done. Oh, what a gift. Oh, what a wonder. And Lord, I pray for this church as they continue to seek a man to to minister to them as their pastor. I also pray for Arnstein as well. And Lord, there are many other churches in our area that are desperately looking Lord, the the harvest is white, but it seems that the laborers are few. So, Lord, we we ask you, the Lord of the harvest, that you will provide. Oh, Lord, raise up men who have that burden upon their hearts to go where you would lead them. Lord, sometimes even forsaking all else, for it is a burden, it is a yoke. It is, as Jeremiah says, what can I do, Lord, but you force me to speak. Lord, raise up those men, and Lord, bring them to these places. Father, fill these pulpits, we ask. 
Lord, strengthen your church. Build it up. Encourage it. Lead it, O Lord, for you really are the leader of these churches. Lord, we thank you for your word, that we can read it and rejoice in it and be transformed by it through your spirit, even this evening. O Lord, help us to taste and see that you are good. Lord, teach us and guide us. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we want to say welcome, brother. The Lord bless as you open the word to us tonight. If you do have your Bibles, please open them to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. That's 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And yes, it's become a running joke for me. I did bring my Bible and my notebook. Um, If you're listening to this and don't know, a couple months ago, I forgot both my Bible and my notebook, and I will never live that down. Um, I am very glad that I am a note preacher and not a manuscript preacher, or else I would be in big trouble if I did not have my manuscript. Um, But thankfully, I I only write down my main points, and thankfully, I had reviewed them earlier that day, so it went well. Um, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. It's 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and we're going to be looking at verses 31 to 34 this evening. It's 1 Chronicles 16, 31 to 34. Uh, Let's go once again before the Lord in prayer before we jump into the text. Father, indeed, how great thou art, worthy of all praise and admiration, worthy of all that we are. O Lord, as we look at this great psalm of joy and of thanksgiving, we ask that you would enlighten our hearts. O Lord, fill us with joy, joy beyond what we can even begin to put into words. May we sing, may our hearts be full before you. Help us, O Lord, as we have already prayed, to taste and see that you are good. O Lord, Take your word and apply it by your spirit to our hearts this evening. Rebuke us, correct us, show us our sins that we may put them to death and repent of them. O Lord, show us yourself high and lifted up that we may praise you all the more. Help us to understand how great thou art. That is something that we will always need to learn. For we do not comprehend your glory even as we do not comprehend the full depths of the heinousness of sin. But, O Lord, teach us even a little bit more this evening. O Lord, open your word, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to 1 Chronicles 16, the chronicler is writing to a group of people that have, in many ways, lost hope. They've lost direction. They've come up out of Babylon, out of that 70 years of exile. And they're wondering, is God still with them? Does God still have a plan? Is there still hope in the midst of this destruction? Jerusalem has been broken down. The temple is gone. Lord, what would you have of us? 
And the Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, are written to those people to give them hope, to refocus them, to remind them what God has done in the past, and to remind them that God is the same as he was in the past. His promises do not fail. Even though our sin seems to get in the way, God's promises always prevail. That promise that God made to Adam and Eve back in the garden that one day one would come that would crush the serpent's head was still in effect. The promise that he had gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that through them all the nations of the world would be blessed was still in effect. The promises he had given to David that one from his royal line would one day sit on the throne not just of Israel but would be king of kings and lord of lords was still there. It was not broken. The people still had hope. And the chronicler reminds the Israelites of the joy and the wonder of the first temple that was built by Solomon. He reminds them of all of David's great joy with the tabernacle and with the ark. And that's what we find here in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. David is moving the ark to its new home in the tabernacle in Jerusalem. And as the ark comes into the tabernacle, David breaks forth in this great psalm of thanksgiving. It's really a combination of three different psalms as we have it in the book of Psalms. Psalm 105, Psalm 96, and Psalm 106 all put together in this great hymn of praise and thanksgiving. So let's read the the closing portion of this song together, starting in verse 31. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the fields rejoice and all that is in it. Then the trees of the wood shall rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And let's just finish the passage. And say, save us, O God, of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. The people of Israel have gathered together to be thankful. Just last week, we celebrated Thanksgiving, a time that is for us to remember and be thankful. Although really, we as Christians are called to be a thankful people every day. In fact, we are commanded to. You cannot read through the New Testament and not see again and again and again, especially in Paul's epistles, how we are called to be thankful. It always brings a smile to my face to remember who it is that's reminding these Christians to be thankful. It's Paul. Paul, the one who once was the persecutor of the church. Paul, who has been through so many trials and troubles and tribulations as we read in his epistle to the Corinthians. He's been beaten and bruised, uh, put in prison, threatened to be beheaded multiple times, whipped, scourged. And yet he calls his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ, as we read, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, be thankful. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Be thankful. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We as Christians are called to be thankful. And to be thankful in such a way that we realize that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. There's something that we as Christians have in the fact that we know where all this stuff comes from. We have someone to ultimately be thankful to. I was having a conversation several years ago around Thanksgiving with an atheist. And I said, who are you ultimately thankful to? You're so thankful for all these things, but ultimately it's all blind chance. There is no creator and sustainer of all things. It's really fate, as it were. But we have the one who created and sustains all things, that holds all things together. We really do have someone to be thankful to. Even as we go for a drive, as our family did up today, and though the wind and the rain has done a number on most of the trees, the colors were still very beautiful. And to be thankful, God didn't have to make it that way, but he did. And yet the joy and the beauty of seeing those reds and purples and yellows, driving by the little lakes and the marshes, such beauty and wonder in creation, And all of it cries out that it is created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he made them in such a way to cry out his name in the beauty of creation. Creation cries out, though bruised in the fall, though under the curse, it groans as we read in scripture, longing for the day when the sons of God will appear, longing for that day of new creation. But yet still it testifies as we read in both the Psalms, especially and in Romans. It cries out of its creator. Are we not to be thankful? Sometimes we need to realize how Fragile we really are. Take a breath. Realize that we just pulled in air that just is freely here for us to breathe. What happens if that air is gone? We are gone. We are but a breath. But yet that is a gift that has been given to us. The very air we breathe. On Thursday, I I could tell you all about the troubles of breathing as I was coughing and hacking and worrying some of the evenings listening to our children cough and hack, gasping for breath. It's such a precious thing to have. That air that comes in and out. The joy of creation. We as Christians are called to be thankful for the good and perfect gifts of God. To be thankful in prayer. To be thankful in song. To say our thankfulness out loud. There's something that happens when we are thankful out loud. My mom is notorious for when we get together on Thanksgiving, asking us, what are you thankful for this year? What are you thankful for? She wants to hear us. And there is something in verbalizing it. We know what we're thankful for in our hearts and minds, but something happens when we do speak it out loud. 
Not that it becomes more real. There's nothing special in speaking it out loud. But yet there is something permanent about it when you speak it. The same thing about when we read scripture out loud. It's good that we can read it in our minds and we ought to to do that. But there's also something about speaking it. I'm always struck at the end of the book of Revelation. Blessed is he who reads the words of this book. And the idea behind it is he who speaks these words. It, was a long, it wasn't that long ago that everyone read out loud. There's a, a story in, in a church history book that I have about a, a bishop that went into a library around the year 700 and saw a man staring at a book and asked the man why he was lost in thought looking at that book. And he changed the page every once in a while. And this bishop said, what are you doing? And the man said, I'm reading the book. This bishop, what? That's impossible. You're not reading the book. He was reading in his head, but nobody had barely ever heard of that. That's how, how recent is the idea of reading in our heads. You read out loud. You verbalize these things. We are called to be thankful. We are called to be thankful because he is God. He is the creator and the sustainer of all things. We are called to be thankful and praise his holy name for he is just and he is true. As I said before, those Israelites that had come out of Babylon needed to be reminded of God's precious promises to his people in the past to remember those promises for them in the present. He had not forsaken them. Though it might feel like it, it's hard To trust the promises of God when you're sitting in a giant heap of rubble that used to be Jerusalem. When the temple is gone, there's just an empty crater. And you go, Lord, what do we have? There's enemies gathered around that would love to destroy this small group that has come out of Babylon. And sure, it seems like the king is on their side, but the king is all the way over. The king of the Medes and the Persians is far away is the real king on the throne that is the question but yet the chronicler reminds them yes god's promises are true and he is the true judge rejoice before the lord for he is coming to judge the earth all the injustice all the sin that we see will not escape the lord god of hosts who is the holy flame who cannot let unrighteousness rest and will bring all the thoughts of the heart and mind to judgment. Now that is something to, on one hand, rest in. God knows, God sees, and God is not silent, though it might seem that he is. Maybe for a season it seems that he is. But God will bring all things to judgment and the Lord of all the earth will do right. We may rest in him for he is just and he is the judge and his word is true. But yet, on the other hand, when we really think about that, it's also terrifying. If God really is the judge, when it's looking outwards, God will judge you and you and you and you and you, it feels okay. But then we have to remember that God will also judge me. That's where it hits home. God will one day judge me. 
That's where we need to fall down before the Lord. Save us, O God, of our salvation. Verse 35. There is the need of salvation from God. Because if God is just and God is the judge, how can we stand before a holy, righteous God? All the Israelites knew that the glory of God came down on Mount Sinai and none could approach it. The glory of God dwelt in the Ark of the Covenant, over the Ark of the Covenant. And only the high priest could go in once a year, only after sacrifices had been made for him and the nations to put that blood on the Ark to make atonement for their sins. But there was always that veil, always that separation. God is high and holy and we are sinners. How can we come before a righteous God unless He saves us? In the Old Testament, they knew that the sacrificial system, the shedding of the blood of bulls and goats, was to point them that death equals sin. Judgment must happen on that sin. And that picture of laying one's hand on that animal as its throat was cut. What a graphic image of what sin is. Sin equals death. It must be judged. The animal was taking their place. But even in the Old Testament, many of them knew that the blood of bulls and goats could never fully take away sin. That's but an animal. I'm a person. There is a difference. We're not the same. How can that goat bear my sin? How can that ox bear the sin of the nation? It ultimately cannot. But one that is coming can. This psalm looks towards the promise of God, the promise made to Adam and Eve and Abraham and David and all those that came before. The coming of the Messiah, the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. That in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a virgin, to live that perfect life that we could never do, perfectly fulfilling the law and the prophets. Never sinning, nor failing, nor falling. The perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God. The God-man, Jesus Christ. Coming and laying down His life as an atonement for our sins. Our sins on His shoulders. He bore our judgment on the tree of Calvary. So that God could be both just and justifier. That God could be just in Punishing sin that rightfully deserves death. But also showing forth his love and mercy and grace. In forgiving all those who flee to Jesus Christ. As Savior. God is just. And so we are thankful that he is just. And that he has saved us through the precious blood of his dear son. And on the third day, Jesus gloriously, wondrously rose again, victorious over sin and death, giving newness and perfect life to all who call upon him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The spirit and the bride say, come, come, take of the living water. Come unto Jesus. See how God can be both just and loving. 
Here they meet in Jesus Christ. Our sin upon His shoulders. That we might be clothed in righteousness divine. So our sin might be removed as far as the east is from the west. Drowned in the depths of the sea. Though our sins be as scarlet, He has made them white as snow. Wiped away. God is just. For He is merciful. We praise and thanks God for He is God. He is good. He is just. And He is merciful. And not just mercy in our salvation, but mercy in our walk with Him. Oh, what a wondrous salvation is ours in Jesus Christ. And how often we trip and we fall and we fail and we forget and we sin again and again and again and again. All those precious promises of the Lord's forgiveness. That He continues to reconcile us to ourselves. That He cleanses our relationship with Him again and again, even though the sin and the muck and the mire of our daily lives muddy it up. That picture of Jesus in the upper room wanting to wipe His disciples' feet because they were muddy. I love Peter. Not just my my feet, but my whole body also, Peter cries. And Jesus says, your body doesn't need clean, but your feet do. That picture that John paints for us in 1 John. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, that daily forgiveness that is ours in Jesus Christ. He does not cast us off nor forsake us. He doesn't say, oh, Third time, too bad, goodbye, you're done. Know what a loving father that we have. We read the pictures of the father within the gospels and we're struck because he doesn't act like us. I have to admit that that sometimes I just get so frustrated at my kids. I'm not a perfect father. Sometimes I lose my cool at them. But yet, I'm also having to repent of that and realize that I have a Father in heaven who, yes, lovingly corrects me when I go astray. But never out of wrath, but indeed out of love. What a wonderful Father I have in heaven. He does not boot me or cast me out. He does not lose his cool. He has given us His Holy Spirit that cries, Abba, Father, that leads us and empowers us. Giving us gifts, strengthening us day by day. Strengthening us so that we might read and understand His Word. So that we might be comforted. That we might have the Word of God dwelling in us richly. Bringing those things back to us when we need them. Helping us to be as light in a world of darkness. What have we to praise and be thankful for? All these things and more. And finally, we can be thankful for that which awaits us. We know where we are going. One of the hardest things to do as a pastor is to sit with someone in the hospital who does not know Christ And is so resistant to the word of God. You pray. You're glad you, you know that God works miracles. 
And I've seen him do amazing and wonderful things. I've seen people who were so hard to the gospel. Seemingly at the last minute, the spirit breaks their heart. And you are just thank the Lord for the answer to the prayers of his people. But there are other times that you watch and nothing is happening. What a hopelessness. Soon I'll be gone and just dirt, throw it somewhere. I've heard that from the mouth of a man. And I said, no, no, you will be somewhere. And that's why I'm here praying for you. (sighs) I, I pray that in his last moments, that man believed the gospel that he heard. But for us that know the gospel, what joy we have awaiting us. For someday we will see him who was pierced for us. We shall see him in glory and we shall be able to see him. Paul, what when he saw Christ was struck down by the light on the road to Damascus. But yet we with unveiled faces, as we read in scripture, will be able to look upon him who died for us. We can see Christ. We can stand before the majesty and the glory and all our sin, all that Flesh that sticks to us will be wiped away. We will receive bodies that do not age. Are not full of pain and weakness. Bodies that allow us to serve the Lord forever. In a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And we shall ever be with the Lord. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. So let us be thankful and give him praise. And as we are thankful, let us share this thankfulness with others. We have a God, we have a gospel to be thankful of. He is good, he is just, he is merciful. Oh, let us go forth and share it. This God that we love, this God that we worship, Let us go and tell the nations that our light shine before the people around us. Why are you thankful? Why can you have joy in the midst of pain and sorrow and tribulation? Because I know who holds me fast. I know who will not let me go. I know the one who sought me and bought me. I know the one whose blood paid for my sin. And I know where I am going. Let us share the good news. Wherever the Lord has placed us, with our neighbors, with our friends, with those that we work with. May we call them to taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, you have done it all. We could not save ourselves. Lost in sin, in darkness. Lord, we thank you that your light shone. We saw Christ. O Lord, indeed we have come unto the one that makes all things new. Lord, our sin has been atoned for. You have made us your dear children. Excuse me, your dear children. You are good, you are just, you are merciful. You are altogether holy. O Lord, may we praise your holy name.
May we give thanks to you. What can we say? We will spend all eternity thanking you. And never run out of things to be thankful for. Lord, help us to meditate, chew on these things as we go our separate ways. Lord, teach us. You have called us to be thankful and we have much to be thankful for. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.